all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. Thanks for tuning in today. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Uh Center. Today, we're going to be talking about exercise, one of those topics that uh, people feel very polarized about. And I would love to hear from you today on how you're staying healthy and fit um, with exercise. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Our email is fit at mpbonline.org. And as always, you can go over to Facebook to my page, Healthy Habits with Josie, and drop me a message there. I have a thread going on Facebook today that asks, what is your biggest barrier to physical activity. And I've gotten lots of comments that have have come in. I've got it going over on my personal page as well as um, my healthy habits page and getting lots and lots of comments there. So if you're listening and you want to share what your barrier is to see if we can help you work through that, please give us a call. Um, Or if you've overcome a barrier and are now being physically active, then I'd love to hear kind of that success story because I'm sure someone else can apply those principles to their daily life. When we talk about exercise or physical activity, what I really am getting at the heart of is just movement and our need to move more. When we look at moving and do we move enough, we don't. And in fact, we it's not just the fact that we don't move enough. It's the fact that we sit so much. And when we look at actually how much we're sitting, most adults sit for more than nine hours of their day. And that sitting has a lot of negative um, kind of consequences to it. Um, of course, we're not burning any extra calories when we're just sitting. Um, but it also then tends to trickle into um, some other issues like more aches and pains. I know that seems kind of um, counterintuitive when we think about it. You know, we think about uh, maybe hurting more when we when we're active, but actually sitting for so long usually causes our posture to get a little little slouchy. We tend to kind of roll our shoulders forward and our upper back forward, especially if we're um, on a, you know, a keyboard and typing and those kinds of things, which puts strain on our neck muscles, 
And it also puts a strain on our back muscles. I know if I'm kind of sitting at my computer and the time kind of gets away from me and I've been sitting for more than, you know, hour, hour and a half, I just kind of start to feel achy and even my knees start to feel achy. So I'm uh, lucky enough to have a standing desk attachment to my desk. Um, I don't use it as much as I should, but it, it is there so I can stand up and still do some of my typing and things like that. But I still have to be intentional about my posture when I do that. But I usually go ahead and take just a couple of um, little laps around our hallway. Um, you know, it's, it's not going outside and, and doing laps or anything like that. But just one to two minutes of just getting up and, you know, walking kind of our hallway loop just to, to get up and get active as well as to take some of that pressure off my back um, and, uh, you know, just kind of break up the, the monotony. Your brain also gets a little, a little tired of focusing on a task after that amount of time as well, and you're, you're likely not as productive. When we think about um, that sitting and that prolonged sitting, we also start to think about the heart consequences of that, and we know that sitting and you may have seen that campaign that came out that said sitting is the new smoking and you know it that's a catchy phrase but the purpose of that is just to get at the heart of sitting and being sedentary and not moving around is a risk factor for heart disease and so what I'm really excited about is the campaign from the American College of Sports Medicine that is called Sit Less, Move More. And that is really kind of the, the take home that we, we want to focus on today is how we just simply sit less and move more. Um, if we're looking for a way to do that, I would love to hear how you um, have kind of gotten that into your daily life. But we'll start with some of the um, comments that I've gotten through Facebook this morning. I um, mean, I think you'll probably see a pattern form in some of these, these comments. Um, and they're pretty, if you look in the literature, pretty consistent with what we see in terms of barriers in, um, in, the, in the literature as well to being physically active. So um, my question was, what is the biggest barrier to getting and staying, because that's the important part, not just starting, but also maintaining physical activity. And the very first comment that popped up was my brain. I can find way too many excuses. And so I would counter that and challenge that with you to swap out the word excuse, okay? Because that's a like a negative thought word, right? Not to get kind of too... Uh, hokey sounding, but that is a negative thought word. And when we talk to ourselves, even in our head, our little internal voice, when we talk to ourselves negatively, that translates into behavior. And so we want to kind of give, you know, cut ourselves a little bit of slack and give ourselves a little bit of love and a little bit of, uh, of support there. So instead of using the word excuse, Let's think of it as a barrier, okay? Um, barriers are things that we can plan for and uh, adapt around. Excuses just makes it seem like you're lazy, right? And we want to kind of change that the way we, we talk to ourselves so that our behavior 
changes. So I can find way too many barriers. And I hear you. I can too. The secret sauce, so to speak, is finding a way to counter those barriers. And that's one of the things that we do want to talk about today is how we counter that barrier. So uh, one other theme that kind of came through a lot is pain. Um, And so I know a lot of us do have pre-existing conditions. Maybe we have chronic back pain or osteoarthritis um, or rheumatoid arthritis or, you know, anything that causes aches and pains in our muscles and joints. Uh, I have one comment that says, my back, I stay pretty active, but when it's acting up, it definitely limits what I can do, how long I can work out. Um, another comment said pain and fatigue the day after a workout. And so I think the best place to start there is really stepping back from it and asking what what we want to get out of the exercise. You know, what is the purpose? What is the motivation for getting physically active. And I'll put a pin in that because we have a caller and I want to get to that caller before we go to break. I'm going to talk with David in Philadelphia. Good morning. How are you doing? Good morning. Wonderful, wonderful. Good. I was going to say, you know, most people don't like wearing their face masks, but I have a lot of mm-hmm. allergies and upper respiratory problems. Mm-hmm. And wearing this face mask has really been a blessing for me. I haven't had no Goes, no blues. Uh, my nose runs, but it's, it's mainly somebody I walk by in their cologne to kind of drift into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that'll make my nose run a little bit. But uh, I've been a whole lot healthier, and people just don't realize how much better it is to wear a mask. Okay. There's many, yeah. There's many little fibers that can uh, that go it through your lungs and through your through your body. Even in food, there's microscopic trash that goes in your body, and we have to have filters to filter it out. And this has saved me a lot. Well, I'm glad glad to hear that. You know, I, too, (laughs) have had less, you know, less kind of respiratory irritation um, during the pandemic from wearing that mask and kind of filtering out some of those irritants and blocking those viruses and things like that. Um, so, you know, I'm glad that it's worked well for you as well and that you've been able to kind of make it part part of uh, part of your daily life there. It will be from now on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for giving a call to us today. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
Thanks for joining us today here on Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, nurse practitioner at UMMC. And we're talking about ways to get and stay physically active. We've started that discussion with talking about what our barriers are to being physically active. So I think most folks uh, would verbalize that they know exercise is important, um, but have a little bit of trouble getting it enacted into their daily life. And I think it's important that, you know, I tell you that it's hard for me as well. You know, a lot of times with um, all the things we see on social media and the influencers that are on social media, um, and I'm not talking about them in a bad way, but we see kind of the, the perfect setup um, for physical activity and we see folks doing uh, maybe uh, really awesome things or running really long distances or doing things quickly or striking super cool yoga poses. And um, what's meant to be inspirational can often be um, kind of depressing for folks when they stop and think, well, I'll never be able to do that. And the the truth of it, the reality of it is it's it's hard for all of us to, to get and stay active, but it's about um, making it front and center as a priority and um, kind of stopping that stinking thinking um, and thinking of it as excuses and instead looking at it in terms of, of barriers and how we can um, and tackle those barriers there and being kind to ourselves. Kevin, you look like you're ready to say something to me. <laughs> what you got? Well, I was uh, one of the things that I've done that helps me uh, stay active uh, is to exercise with others. I know when uh, a couple of years ago, a friend of mine and I both had bikes, so we would go out on the the Natchez or uh, out in Ridgeland, Mississippi, at the Natchez Trace, and would ride bikes together. And I also have been playing in a, a league tennis, uh, the Mississippi uh, USTA version of you know Mississippi's version of USTA. But uh, being on a team and or having someone that does the exercise with you, I think it. it kind of helps you keep on track and, and, and keep going. Absolutely. And, you know, I see that a lot with folks. I'll, I'll ask them, you know, what, um, what's standing in your way, you know, and a lot of times they say like getting started or accountability, um, you know, without having uh, your doctor or your nurse practitioner kind of call you every day and say, Hey, were you active today? Then it, you know, it takes some of that accountability out of it and having a buddy, whether it's a, uh, a virtual buddy in the times of, of the pandemic or whether it's an actual in-person, um, someone that you can exercise with or be just be physically active with. It does. Um, you know, I used to have a, a running partner many years ago and if, uh, you know, if I didn't show up one day to run, I got a text or a call that's like, hey, girl, where are you? Um, why are you not here? You know, so just someone, um, you know, trying to check in and, and touch in base with you there. We've got a caller in Alabama. We're going to talk to Chris. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good, Dr. Josie. Are you are y'all doing OK? You're sounding good on the radio and everything. Hey, uh, well, I'm we can't complain. Hey, uh, on the walking, uh, now, uh -huh. I walk like, I, I live, we live on kind of like on a side street behind a junior college in Hamilton, Alabama. It's just like 40 miles from Tupelo. But okay. my, I just, I get out, if it's not, but just a little walk down the street, you know, I'll just walk right out the door and get on the street 
and go like you know, usually walk about a mile, you know, close to a mile. Get the fresh air. I'm not a fast walker or anything. I'm 68 years old. But my wife, she has to go to the track, the walking track, when she goes, and she'll get busy and this and that, and you ain't got time to get in the car, you know, and go. So she'll be doing good to go like two or three times a week. But I would never tell her what to do because what I tell her goes in one ear and out the other, and I love her, you know, dearly. You know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, you know, I'm, just, I'm glad you it's convenient. It's just convenient. Yeah. I may just walk out the door if it's not, but just a few, you know, a little bit. I'll, if I'm busy doing something, I'll get out and do that, or I'll take me a good walk. But I, the, the fresh air mm-hmm. is good, too. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things you said there was is convenient, right? And so as much as we can, setting ourselves up for the right choice being the easy choice it is very helpful. You know, a lot of times I hear people say, well, I just don't have the willpower. And it's not necessarily about willpower. It's about making it as easy as it can be to insert into your life. You know, I mean, right. that's why at check at checkout counters and stuff, they put impulse buys there because it's easy for you to reach over and pick up those things. And right. we've got to make it where exercise is, is easy to reach over and grab it and put it into your schedule. And some people say, well, you got to walk fast. I said, no, I don't have to walk fast. I'm going to walk, you know, a good brisk walk, but I'm not going to walk, you know, like the zip, 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 you know, I'm 68 years old. So right. get right. exercise and I love your show. You do a wonderful, wonderful job and I'll let you go get some other calls. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening and calling. All right. We'll go to Jackson and talk with Mary. Good morning, Mary. How can I help you? Good morning. Um, I would like to know, does it make any difference what order you eat your food in? Like when you eat a meal and you eat your dessert first and your vegetables last, does that make a difference? Well, that is just a fantastic question. And so I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a little bit about why, um, the order kind of matters. All right. It depends on what your health goals are, right? If you're trying to lose weight, right, then it's usually more beneficial to eat things that have more fiber in them earlier in the meal, right? So more like your, your fruits and veggies and those kinds of things, because they take up more room in your belly for not as many calories, right? So the way we kind of know we're full is by the stretch of our stomach. So the more volume we put in our stomach, the the more stretch and it says, hey, we're full. So things like desserts and meats and cheeses and oils and butters and those kinds of things usually have a lot more calories per bite than say a fruit or a vegetable or even a, a grain or a bean or something like that. And so when we eat those first, we usually overeat them or eat bigger portions of them um, and take in a lot more calories than we intended. So for folks who are wanting to lose weight, focusing on the fiber-rich foods, the fruits, veggies, grains, and beans first allows our belly to kind of start to, to fill up um, before we start to put really calorie-dense things in our body um, and, and overeat them that way. Um, so one of the things that I recommend with, with folks that I'm working with, you know, kind of on an individual basis when we're trying to, to, um, lose weight is maybe having 
um, like a, an apple or some veggies and hummus or something like that kind of before the mealtime, you know, maybe 30 minutes or so before the mealtime so that the belly's kind of already stretched a little bit before we start eating there. Now, mm-hmm. that being said, it's okay to eat dessert first sometimes, right? I eat dessert first sometimes, right? But I just don't make that the the habit, right? It's all about healthy habits. And so the majority of the time, I'm going to eat those really fiber rich foods, which should be 75% of your plate anyway. Um, and then able to kind of slow down and enjoy maybe the the dessert or the, the, the less healthy option um, toward the end of the meal. That makes sense? Okay. Yes, it does. Thank you very much. Oh, I love you. You're so welcome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, guys, if you have a call, a question or a comment for us, that number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. We're happy to talk with you today. So, um, you know, making the easy choice, uh, the right choice is kind of what we've been talking about and how we fit that in to our daily life there. Before we took our first break, we were talking about, you know, when when you've got pain, right? And when you've got fatigue and Chris alluded to it that, you know, he he's not trying to break any speed uh, records with his walking there. And, you know, I can't agree more. Absolutely. We want to get to a point where we're, you know, getting our heart rate up a little bit so that we're getting the maximum benefit from exercise. But any movement is important. You know, if you are hesitant to start because you think I can't go fast or I can't go a certain distance. I think he mentioned a mile, you know, and you think I could never go a mile. That's okay. If there is one kind of take home from today or only one thing that you remember that I ever say, it is just start where you are, right? And do what you can, and use what you have. You know, we may not all have access to a track or to a gym or to a treadmill or to weights or any of these kinds of things, but just use what you have, do what you can, and just start. Um, you know, inertia or over planning will lead to no results, right? We don't want to over plan. We want our exercise to just be, be good enough, you know, and and that's okay. So just get started. Um, I have um, someone that we started with two minutes, right? One, two. That's all we started with. She was not very confident that she'd be able to um, get physically active. And so we just started with two minutes. I just want you to walk for, for two minutes a day. And guess what she did? And now we have, you know, each time we meet and talk, we have progressed in our our fitness amount and our walking amount until we get to a goal that she is comfortable with. All right, let's go to Arkansas and talk with Kel. Good morning. How can I help you? Yes. uh, I was just wanting to call. I mean, this is my first time ever hearing about the show and everything. And I just happened to just kind of come up on your call and um, just wanted to ask a question. I know y'all talking about like walking and, you know, fitness and everything. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see, you know, what uh, what are some recommendations that you can give me uh, as far as, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty fit guy. I work for FedEx. You know, I, I run a heavy route, but I want to, like, um, I actually gain some weight because I've, I've always been thin, mm-hmm. slender built, so I want to kind of gain some weight. What are some uh, some uh, remedies you could give me? 
Yeah, so absolutely. So we want to make sure if we're trying to gain weight, and I'm assuming you kind of mean gain some muscle as well, um, yeah. then we want to make sure that we're adding calories on in a healthy way. You know, a lot of times I see people who are trying to bulk do um, add a lot of heavy, um, heavy fat laden things. Like they may add a bunch of peanut butter to their regimen or a bunch of powders and supplements and that kind of thing, as well as, um, you know, adding more butters and cheeses and creams and things to that. And while that will certainly pack on, uh, the calories, it may pack on pounds that we don't want as well as some other health consequences in terms of cholesterol levels and blood pressure and that kind of thing. Um, so the kind of the best way to kind of think about it, one is get yourself, if you have access to a registered dietitian, especially one that specializes in sports dietetics, who can help you get the correct calorie goal as well as macronutrient goal, right? When we talk about macronutrients, protein, carb, fat, um, the right ones to meet how you're training, right? Because just adding calories is not going to translate into to muscle. Just eating protein doesn't translate into to getting muscles. We also have to, to train them in the right way. And so really making sure that our training regimen matches our, you know, our nutrient profile taken in there. Um, but adding things like lean protein options, fruits, veggies, grains, all of those can be uh, be used to kind of add extra calories to the diet in a more healthful way than just kind of slapping butter and cheese on, and things. Um, or, you know, eating steak every day. That's another thing um, I see when people are trying to bulk, they just eat steak and eggs every day. And there are metabolic consequences to that. So we want to make sure that we're adding healthy um, and even plant-based proteins. A lot of folks think you can't build muscle on plant-based proteins, but you absolutely can. And that's things like beans, nuts, seeds, legumes, and that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, kind of a, a one-shot answer for you would be a little bit difficult without knowing, you know, current body size, current training, what you're trying to do, you know, all those different kinds of things there. But just looking for ways to add healthier um, options into your eating pattern and then matching that with the appropriate level uh, of training there and kind of staying away from supplements. Um, you know, those are not necessarily how we want to, how we want to get there. Got you. I got a question to ask you. Um, yeah. I was trying to get y'all's number. I, I was like, uh, when I'm driving, it's like, a, it's like the, the radio station goes in and out. So I, like, I was like, man, this sounds amazing. I want to be able to like to follow y'all <laughs> with this on Facebook or yeah. YouTube or whatever. Absolutely. So like, I mean, what what, what is y'all's like uh, social media and like um, platforms, whatever? Yeah. So this is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. So you mm -hmm. can find. Mississippi Public Broadcasting on, on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram. And you can find me on um, Facebook at Healthy Habits with Josie um, or over on Instagram at Josie H. Bidwell. Um, and I post health-related content over there um, almost on a daily basis. So you can follow us in any of those places. And then wherever you get your podcasts, all of the Southern Remedy episodes are turned into a podcast, so you can listen to us anytime you want to. So, like, are, are y'all on uh, Spotify? I believe yes. You can get them on. You can get us on Spotify. Just search for Southern Remedy. Southern Remedy. Okay. You say your name again is Josie. At, you Josie. say on Instagram. At, on Instagram. H. Bitwell. Is, mm -hmm. 
He said, Josie, how do you spell your well. B-I-D-W-E-L-L. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I appreciate it. I know you got other callers. Absolutely. I'm not going to take up much of your time, but <laughs> thank you for the information. I will be following you. You're welcome. Thank you for giving us a call and stay safe on the road. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at UMMC. And we've been talking about how to get and stay physically active today. If you have a question or a comment for us, you can give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-746. do what you can, right? And just get started. Don't compare yourself to anyone else. Um, You know, if people are sprinting past you, you just let them go and you just, you know, smile to yourself. And I'm glad that they're able to do that. But if you're not able to, that's okay. Just get moving. However that is, however you can do it. And, you know, I have a lot of folks that have lower extremity pain, right? Maybe knee pain from arthritis or ankle pain, those kinds of things. And so even getting started with walking um, can be quite painful for them. So let's look at other things, right? And do what you can. So, you know, if you got access to a pool or a gym with a pool, absolutely that is, is great for taking some of the pressure off those joints. Not everybody has that option. Um, Stationary bikes can be a good way to get those things done. Ellipticals, those kinds of things can all be helpful for folks with knee pain. But what if you got none of that? You're just sitting in your house and your knees are hurting and you're listening to me tell you you got to be physically active, right? Let's just think about what we can do, right? Can we stay seated in our chair and just pick our legs up, right? And extend them out, kind of like a a kick, right? Can we go from sitting in the chair to standing and then back to sitting and standing? You know, little bit, little, little things there. Can we do things with our arms, right? Can we do air punches? Um, We got some bags of dried beans. Those are about a pound each. You know, can we kind of curl those and lift those with our arms and, and do things like that? 
that all counts, right? While it may not textbook be perfect, it's better than not moving at all. So anything you can do to move is going to benefit you um, because not moving is not going to help, right? Um, the way we help with joint pain, one, if we're overweight, is to, to lose some weight, and that takes some movement. The other is to strengthen those muscles in the top part of your legs so that it takes the pressure off the, the joints. And so movement matters. Um, if you've got access to a physical therapist, asking your healthcare provider for a referral for physical therapy to help with some of those things can be quite powerful. What, and that's in lots of folks. What we've got to remember is that once PT is over, we can't just stop, right? So we may work really hard in physical therapy, um, you know, maybe two times a week for six weeks or, you know, whatever your, uh, your prescription is for. But once that's over with, we've got to continue to be physically active or all the benefits that we achieved during uh, physical therapy are gonna gonna go away and so start that conversation at the first visit with your physical therapist what am I gonna do when this is over right what kind of exercises should I be working on at home um, and absolutely before that last session make sure you got a good understanding of what it is um, you should be continuing and doing at home and make sure you're comfortable with those things. Um, you know, if your physical therapist gives you a home exercise plan, which a lot of them do, um, read through it and make sure you understand those exercises and talk through any concerns that you may have. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do that one at home and problem solve before it becomes a problem, right? A little bit of planning, a little bit of preparation will really help you be a, a lot more successful there. So after kind of pain um, came motivation was kind of the second uh, most most frequent thing that people told me. Um, I had someone say, motivation, I don't want to do it and I don't enjoy the effort. Don't get me wrong. I want to want to do it. I just don't want to do it. So if you were able to follow all of that, it sounds like uh, this person kind of understands the importance of being physically active, but doesn't love it and doesn't really know how to get it, get it started and get it incorporated into their daily life. So I usually ask people to ask themselves two questions, right? The first question is on a scale of zero to 10, zero is not important at all. 10 is the most important thing you could ever do in your life. How important is it to you to be physically active, right? And then the same question, but instead of importance, we use confidence. So zero is just zero confidence. You don't know ever how you would do it. And 10 is absolutely, I have everything that I need, um, including the motivation to, to be able to, to be physically active. And see kind of where we fall on the scale of those. The magic numbers are seven, right? So if we feel um, from an importance that it's a seven or above, and confident at a seven or above, we are really probably pretty doggone likely to do those things. And that those same two questions can be applied to nutrition and making, you know, making changes with your food or with sleep or with stress or any of those kinds of things. If you're less than a seven, it doesn't mean we don't 
do anything about it. It means we need to step back and say, well, what's keeping us from marking a higher number, right? Um, Especially on the confidence part. A lot of people or most people that I work with identified as being pretty important to be physically active, um, but may have low confidence on that. So I ask, you know, what is keeping you from being an eight, nine or a 10 on, on being confident, right? And that's when we really get to that barrier and get to be able to um, write a plan to, to counteract that. So based off of that comment that I received, it, it looks like this person would be in what we call the contemplation phase of change, which just means we're thinking about it, but we're not ready to kind of take action or step forward. And that's okay. Um, that can be just thinking about what exercises you would be able to do um, or that you might not have tried before, um, especially if all you've tried is walking or jogging or running or things like that. There's so many different things out there, right? I like to dance. So that that's an option for me. Um, Kevin likes to play tennis, um, uh, golf. Uh, my husband likes to golf. And so all three of our exercises look different but they're still all getting at the same goal there. Once we kind of talk about what motivates you, I really want you to think about non-weight related things. And we talked about this a little bit um, in our weight management show and that pick a, a something that motivates you or a, a purpose or a why or whatever it is that has Zero to do with what the number on the scale says, right? Because at some point in time, that that number loses its kind of power to motivate you, okay? And you'll kind of get in the, well, I'm okay staying the size I am, right? And so if that was your only why or your only motivation, it's probably not going to um, to last, super long. I was actually reading a Facebook post from my friend today who um, is actually on Fit to Eat here at, at MPB. And she posted and said, if your motivation is more superficial, then your results may be more superficial as well. So you may see um, some initial you know, gain uh, progress toward that weight loss goal, but it's unlikely to be that lifetime sustainable change until you find a motivation that's a little bit more concrete. And this is not attacking anybody whose goal is to lose weight. It's an absolutely appropriate goal, um, but it does not have to be the goal that we use as our marker of success, right? So the goal may just be to be active for 30 minutes a week, right? And that has absolutely nothing to do with with weight. It's just the moving more part uh, of things. Um, it may be because um, you want uh, to be able to play with your grandkids or your kids without getting tired. Right. That's a, a goal that often motivates a lot of folks, has nothing to do with the number on the scale and everything to do about with your quality of life and kind of what you see for yourself um, moving forward. So I can't answer that question for you about what what sh what you should use to motivate yourself. That comes from looking inside um, and really being honest with yourself about what you want to see for yourself in the next month, in the next six months, in the next five years, you know, whatever you see there. And really asking yourself that question, if I don't start to be active, what will 
my life be like in five years or one year or you know any of these kinds of things there? If I was able to just just get up and get active for five minutes a day, what would my life look like? And it's going to it's going to be on the beneficial side, even with those five minutes. That's why I'm really, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, excited about the the campaign called Sit Less, Move More. It's not let's run a 5K or let's run a marathon or let's bench press a certain amount. It's just simply sitting less and moving more. And it could not be more important as we think about Um, our overall health and wellness, and not just physical health, but our mental health as well. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. If you ever miss one of our locally produced shows or want to simply hear it again, you can find what you need at mpbonline.org or download our podcast app to your smartphone. MPB programming is on your schedule at mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, and we've had a lot of great callers and comments today on our topic of sit less, move more, and how we get physical activity and keep it part of our daily routine. And we've had a lot of, like I said, a lot of great callers and comments. I did have a comment that came in that said, let me get it. I was doing great walking an hour, six days per week until I got a stress fracture in her foot and had to stop for six weeks. Getting motivated again to do something I really don't enjoy is really impeding me, even though I know it's important. So there's a couple things there, right? So she says, getting motivated again, right? So what do we do when we lose focus and lose motivation? That's one part of it. Um, And then the second part is I really don't enjoy it, right? So it might be time to reevaluate what we're doing for exercise, right? If we don't enjoy it, then let's find something that we do enjoy. And you know, sometimes that is a little bit uncomfortable because it may take you outside of your your comfort zone of being able to try something new. I remember before I started Zumba, um, I, you know, I had been a dancer in high school and I had not done anything for many, many years. And um, I put out on Facebook, anybody want to go try Zumba with me? And nobody would go. And somehow I got up and put, got my shoes on and went and got in the car and drove um, to the place. And I sat in the car Um, For about 10 minutes, listening to the music and being afraid to to go in there. Like, what if I'm not good enough? What if I make a fool of myself? And, you know, one thing I realized is 
nobody's looking at you. Um, they're all work, they're all looking at the instructor and doing those kinds of things. But I finally went in and it was scary. It really was. But oh my gosh, what a wonderful um, thing it has opened up for me. You know, I've been an instructor uh, now, actually, ooh, this is seven years, I believe, um, as an instructor um, for Zumba. And I never would, uh, and have met countless uh, friends and been able to to dance and lead groups at lots of different places and get to have this radio show. So what great things uh, were, were given back to me for kind of jumping out a little bit uh, with, with some faith there and trying something that I was scared to do. And so think about some different things that you might have always wanted to learn how to do. Um, but I haven't and kind of take a take a step out and, and try some of those things there. Um, the second piece of that is she was already really physically active, right? Six days a week for an hour. So, you know, one of the other barriers that people routinely tell me is time, right? So we already had the time carved out for this. It was the um, interruption in the routine that kind of led this person to slide back out of being physically active. And so when you, you know, if you have an injury like this, have that conversation with your healthcare provider when you're seeing them for that injury. So when they say, okay, well, you can't do any walk-in for six weeks, counter that with what can I do instead, right? And get that piece of advice from that healthcare provider before then, because they're usually not going to tell you, you can't do anything. Um, you know, it may be that depending on what the injury is, you know, it may be that you could do a stationary bike or that you could do some pool work. Um, this was a, a foot injury, so you could absolutely still do some upper extremity um, things there. And so really um, having that conversation with, well, what can I do so that you don't lose that placeholder in time that you had there? You had time set aside to be physically active for an hour, six days of the week. Keep that hour open and held for physical activity, even if it looks different than what, uh, what you were doing before and get that guidance from your healthcare provider there. Okay. Um, so once you've kind of backslid into that, just again, get started, right? Whatever it is, it doesn't have to be walking six days a week. It could be um, chair exercises for 10 minutes um, a day, but get back started. Reclaim that hour. Because I guarantee you this person has filled that hour up with something else now. Um, reclaim that time and re-add it back into your schedule as your physical activity time. Um, that's really, really important to try and reclaim those things. And think about why you got active to start with, right? What was that initial motivation that made you lace up those sneakers and start walking? And it it may have it may have changed, but at least go back and reevaluate and and relook at why you decided to be physically active to start with and just rebuild that plan. So just in this last minute of the show, if you have access to a computer and the internet, um, I encourage you to go over to the American College of Sports Medicine and look up their Sit Less, Move More campaign. There is a little two-pager um, thing that has options for you to try and sit less and move more. And it gets you to write a, write a little commitment statement there. It asks you, what can you do this week 
to sit less, right? At work, at home, at the uh, during a, your commute, maybe you park farther away. Uh, what can you do today? So I'm challenging you, if you're listening, what can you do today to simply sit less, right? You may just decide to do an extra household chore. You may decide to get up during commercial breaks and stand or walk in place. All of that counts. All of that matters. And then the move more piece, what will you do tomorrow to move more? After I get you to not to sit less today, what will you do tomorrow to move more? And remember, start where you are, use what you have and do what you can. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org or leave a comment on my Facebook page, Healthy Habits with Josie. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. Slowly we started, you know, picking these turtles up and saving them. I'll stop traffic, grab one out of the road. And then our friends found out and our vet would call us. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. We are now a full-fledged, nonprofit turtle rescue. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app. Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast.